ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 316th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my event of the week that I covered, as well as highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, I'll begin with my event of the week, which I covered, which was the Travelers Championship down at TPC River Highlands in Cromwell, Connecticut, uh, about 20 minutes or so outside of Hartford. So as always, a great event. Uh, it was voted last year's PGA event of the year, and I've covered it for many years, and it's easy to see why, yet again, it was terrific. Uh, and speaking of terrific, yesterday was a wonderful uh, Sunday finale with Bubba Watson coming from six strokes back to overtake Paul Casey and the rest of the field to win his third Travelers. And it was his first ever PGA win at the Travelers back a few years ago. So Bubba just kind of owns this course. He hung around all weekend long and, uh, and came through in the end with a terrific, terrific round, Sunday round. Uh, signature shot as he chipped in from off the green and then a long putt to tie for the lead fist pump and all and then uh, brought it in for landing from there Uh, overtook Paul Casey and that was it he owned it and he won in the end uh, fairly handily by a couple of strokes so and he also showed his class by making a donation of 200,000 was announced just within uh, the past hour or two uh, to back to the travelers. So it was great. Uh, He made the donation specifically to the hole in the wall gang camp. And so again, Bubba, he seems to own two tournaments. Uh, I don't know that he owns the Masters, but he certainly does well with two championships. And now his third, Travelers. And one of the highlights of the week for me was going out uh, and attending Jordan Spieth's press conference earlier in the week. Uh, he is even more likable in person than he comes across on TV to be. And he was just terrific. It was wide-ranging. He, of course, uh, harkened back to last year's epic 
shot out of the sand to win the Travelers Tournament. Talked about how cool it was and what good memories it was for him. Um, he said he and his caddy, Michael, uh, often talk about uh, what was better, the club throw or the rake toss, or even, for that matter, the shot itself. He admitted, Jordan Spieth did, to basically blacking out when the shot went in, and then, of course, the reactions came. It was easily, if not the shot of the year, it was easily, it was also the celebration of the year uh, when it went in, and it was just uh, great to hear him really talk about it as he was back at the uh, scene of one of his greatest triumphs, to say the least. He talked also about the uh, the the open down at Chinnacock Hills in Long Island. He, of course, did not make the cut. He talked about what a bummer it was for him uh, on Saturday, but then he also said that he went out, uh, went down to New York City nearby. Uh, Chinnacock, the U.S. Open at Chinnacock, of course, was in nearby Long Island in the Hamptons. And he said he went to Central Park for the first time and said it reminded him of the movie Elf. Um so, again, just very likable, very engaging. Uh, he touched on his view of the Phil Mickelson uh, faux pas, where he ran after the moving ball and hit it. Uh, a big no-no on the PGA Tour and in the world of golf. And he, he said he just thought it was really funny, and he and he laughed uh, when he first saw it. Um he also talked about the, the Claret Jug Tour. Remember, he won the British Open, of course. And he said it's like uh, taking a kid in a stroller. He t- takes it around with him, as does his caddy, Michael, his agent, his father. Uh, his reign will soon come to an end. He said he's planning a, a dinner for close friends and family and his, so- and part- and his team. And uh, so he has gotten... Every ounce, last ounce of uh, energy out of uh, and celebration out of having the claret jug. Um, and lastly, he just again uh, talked back, looping back to the celebration that won the Travelers last year. He said he had never thrown a club before in celebration, and he said it was like throwing a baton. And again, it was just really uh, great to hear him talk about it with perspective a year later. And again, Jordan Spieth, certainly uh, certainly someone special, as was evidenced where this week he played uh, and interacted with uh, some Make-A-Wish Foundation children. And uh, he just was terrific uh, with them as well. So one likable guy, and it was for me uh, a real highlight of the week, uh, sitting in on his press conference. Well, my highlight of the week was the nonstop World Cup, particularly Germany's extra time goal to defeat Sweden, who had basically uh, dominated the game, had the lead, and then with like literally under a minute, 30 seconds maybe, uh, Germany got a free kick. And uh, had a play already, and the guy just sent a laser shot into the goal to win it. Germany, of course, is the defending World Cup champion. Uh, I'm always intrigued by them because I watched 
them win the World Cup in an outdoor sports bar in Paris four years ago when they beat Argentina and the celebration of the Germans who were in Paris at that time was unforgettable. And uh, so it was just uh, a fabulous shot to say the least. Uh, Germany served notice they're not going anywhere despite having lost uh, to Mexico in their first game. And that's just one of many, many late win goals. There is actually uh, one today where Saudi Arabia beat Egypt just an hour or two ago. Uh, but there's been a lot of them. It's really elevated the excitement of all these games. Uh, you know, I mentioned Argentina. Uh, it's all on the line for them in their next match. Uh, they've uh, had a draw and a, and a loss. And Messi has not performed up to standards. And uh, on the flip side of that, the other side of the spectrum, we have England, who is just looking awesome. Harry Kane has just uh, had a hat trick and is just looking incredible after the game-winning goal uh, in their opener. And they showed a great celebration in an English bar. It looked like uh, when they scored a goal, it looked like the all-time sports bar experience. Many hundreds, if not thousands, uh, just were going absolutely crazy. And you're seeing that uh, pretty much nonstop throughout the coverage, where it's often in like the town squares of the capital city of the countries playing and, you know, thousands of people going crazy when their uh, country's team scores the goal. So it's really, really been fun. Fox is doing a great job covering it. Uh, so it's just... Uh, Again, great to have on whatever three games a day. Now we're, uh, we're at four games a day. We're headed for the knockout round. Um, so it is really just fun to have such great, great uh, live sports coverage during the day here in America. Well, my bizarre story of the week, sticking with that theme, was uh, the Iranian fans last night. Uh, partying outside Portugal's hotel. I guess there was a shot of Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, uh, nicely asked him to quiet down. He didn't look upset. He, if anything, he looked like he wished he could have been in the middle of the party. Uh, the game starts within the hour, uh, about 45 minutes from now. And uh, so well, <laughs> I'm guessing the Portugal team didn't get a whole lot of sleep. Uh, so we shall see, uh, how it all turns out for them. Um, and of course, Ronaldo along with Harry Kane has from England, uh, but Ronaldo has been the star of this tournament so far. Again, opposite end of the spectrum from Messi, uh, considered the other best player in the world who basically has done nothing and nor has his team. Whereas Ronaldo is just a uh, hat trick in the first game, winning goal in the second, and he is just lighting it up. And he is truly the star of stars. Um, so it's going to be uh, interesting to watch, like I said, starting in about 45 minutes. And the other game starting at 2 p.m. Eastern time is Spain and Morocco. Uh, keep in mind, Portugal's first game was against arch rival Spain. Uh, they literally share the peninsula out there in Europe. And uh, and Ronaldo, uh, you know, was the key to them getting a draw. 
Uh, Spain, of course, won the World Cup just a few years back. And uh, so, yeah, uh, we're getting to the good stuff now. And it's all been great, but now it's even going to get better. And my low light of the week is the Washington Capitals, fresh off their first ever Stanley Cup, uh, letting their coach, Barry Trotz, leave. Uh, Just shocking news that came last week. Apparently, they uh, didn't offer him much of a reward, raise, whatever you want to call it, financially. So he resigned and then was uh, was quickly signed up by the New York Islanders, where he got a tremendous contract. Good for him. Uh, Just hard to believe that uh, after all the pain the Capitals have endured and to finally have the coach that broke through. And then to basically, apparently, let him walk out the door, if not push him out the door, is just uh, surprising, to say the least. Uh, And that's my low light of the week. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game, and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the Coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America sports channel have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. It's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, 
veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports, joins us. And AP, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thanks as always for joining us. And I thought of you a lot this past week as I spent a lot of time out at the Travelers Championship uh, in Connecticut. I even ended up uh, driving right through your t- your old town when you used to live there, as a matter of fact. Uh, so, I, like I said, you were omnipresent. And as always, it was just a terrific tournament with a great ending. Bubba Watson comes from six strokes back to win for a third time with some fantastic shots mixed in. Uh, he, he, you know, made one around the 10th hole or so. Uh, off the green, hold it out as the signature shot. Then he tied the lead, tied for the lead with a long putt. And then it was, uh, that was it. He basically, you know, he just uh, won almost going away. So great tournament as always. Yeah, John, Bubba Watson, he's so entertaining to to watch him. And he has all these maneuvers that the average golfer or even the professionals don't even attempt so and that's the third time he's won that that was his first tournament win if i can recall right first ever uh, i think yes yeah we, i think we we're both there that week i believe and so that place is like oh the home week for him when he comes back it's he really enjoys that course and he's won this is the 12 times now in his in his life on the pga tour so i know that him and his wife, Angie, and they, they like coming back to Cromwell, Connecticut. Absolutely. And it's funny because, you know, he hung around all week. You know, as I was looking at the leaderboard and Paul Casey sprung out to a, a pretty substantial lead. I think he was, had a four-stroke lead heading into Sunday. And, you know, but throughout the week, you know, and there was, you know, early on Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, but there's Bubba always sitting there within shouting distance of the lead. And he was the one with all the big names on there, you know, uh, in, in the mix at the top on the leaderboard, it was Bubba who I just kept noticing and just kept thinking in the back of my head, you know, uh, he, he's the guy you got to watch out for. And sure enough, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Uh, huge crowds as always AP, uh, you know, it was just really, uh, you know, perfect weather for the first few days, which just really added to it. And I do mean perfect, uh, you, you know, 78, 80 degrees, no humidity, bright sunshine. It was just a joy. It was one of those, you know, where else would you would rather be type of days than walking a beautiful golf course in a nice area of Connecticut in perfect weather with, you know, with the best field ever. I mean, big names, you know, I haven't even mentioned the likes of, you know, Patrick Reed, Patrick Harrington was in the mix early on, and, and you know Justin Thomas, you know, on and on and on. Brooks Kepka, uh, you know, I give him a lot of credit coming off his British Open victory. He said he never, for one second, considered not, uh, you know, keeping his commitment to go to the Travelers. And one of the nice things about this one, I think, directly related to the fine field they had, is you know. It's right up the road from Shinnecock Hills, where the U.S. Open was played, of course, ending last Sunday. So to get from Shinnecock in the Hamptons up to 
uh, Long I or up to Connecticut is, you know, you and I have done it. It's nothing to it. No, it's a great place to be. John, one other name I was going to throw in there, the recent Alabama Sports Hall of Fame inductee, Stuart Sink. He yes, he made a charge. A, a, made a charge when a tied, he was tied for 20th, went all the way up to second. Tied <clears> for second. Correct, and that was quite interesting to me. Go ahead. No, it's quite a leap to jump from tied for 20th to and finish tied for second. Oh, it's just very impressive. Of course, Stuart Sink... <clears throat> in my mind, will always be remembered for being uh, the golfer who overtook Tom Watson uh, at the British Open a few years back when Tom Watson was looking to do the impossible, which was win the British Open at, I think, age 59. Uh, the, just saying it nearly boggles the mind, and it was, but it was, it's a good trivia question there. When Tom, you know, when Tom Watson... Finally lost the lead on the 18th of the British Open on Sunday, attempting to become the oldest golfer ever to win. Certainly a major, and I'm guessing maybe any tournament. Uh, who was the guy who overtook him? And it was Stuart Sink. Uh, so anyway, I don't know that I realize he's an Alabama Hall of Fame member. Yes, he's from the Huntsville area, and he played at Georgia Tech, and he was just inducted this past April on the last weekend. Wow, that's interesting. Well, you have a lot of good golfers down there. Uh, Justin Thomas, if I'm not mistaken, played for the Crimson Tide golf team. Is that correct? Sure did. He sure did. He's wow. one of many. Yes, well, <laughs> Justin Thompson, uh, Thomas, of course, was last year's PGA Player of the Year. And uh, carving out quite the nice career for himself. Uh so, yeah, again, AP, uh, you know, I know you've covered this tournament many times. And uh, as I said, I was thinking about you and it was rest assured. It, it just gets better every year. I don't know how else to say it. It gets better fields, uh, you know, group all the big names, not all the big names, but most of the big names are there. And, you know, it's kind of interesting to me, whereas before it seemed like maybe coming, you know, in the wake of the U.S. Open, you're in, you're out pretty much. Uh, th that was like a negative, but now it seems to have somehow turned into a positive. And certainly, it seems like, you know, U.S. Open seems to be, you know, alternating years, East Coast, West Coast. And when it's on the East Coast, like it was this year, it's just so easy. And there's just something, you know, it's a good course for these guys after, you know, slugging it out on the traditionally toughest challenge of the year, whatever U.S. Open courses it's played at, uh, and getting to Connecticut, where, as Jordan Spieth, I attended his press conference. I talked about it in the first segment today. Uh, you know, he talked about how well they're treated. Again, it was voted the PGA event of the year last year, the Travelers. And Jordan Spieth started his press conference by saying, you know, how cool it is to be there, uh, you know, that they roll out the red carpet for everybody. The fans are great. The amphitheater finish. He says, you know, he said everybody just has such class. And then he really probably hit the uh, hit the nail on the head. Uh, Spieth did when he talked about how it's, he said it's just the perfect tournament setting, location, all of it to exhale after a U.S. Open. 
And I think he, again, hit the nail right on the head as to why it's like uh, getting better fields every single year. So it was awesome. What else can I say? It was great. Yeah, it's a huge event in that state, John, and they really do an excellent job of of catering to the players and even the media. They uh, take to heart the feedback that's provided after each tournament. And next year, John, you mentioned the proximity this year in, in uh, the on the East Coast will, is at Pebble Beach next year. So I, I believe that the travelers will have a plan, and I think it will include probably a private jet or two to convince those players to come east again. Yes, well, uh, right you are, AP, because Spieth, again, talked specifically about when it was at Chambers Bay a couple years ago. Uh out in the state of Washington. We all remember that one. Fascinating golf course, to put it mildly. Uh, that's Spieth won, by the way, um, when, he beat Dustin, when he beat Dustin Johnson. But anyway, uh, yeah, Spieth talked about how, uh, how accommodating the Travelers is to get the players there. And he, you said it perfectly, AP. He said they have jets sitting on the runway ready to whisk these golfers off from wherever on the West Coast or wherever it may be. Last year it would have been Aaron Hills. And to just whisk them right off up to uh, up to Connecticut. Uh, he said they, you know, he's very candid. He said they make it as just easy as is humanly possible to get, you know, to leave a British Open on the West Coast and still get to Connecticut the next, that day, the next day, whatever it is. Uh, so, yeah. And, you know, it's just such a nice big deal within the state of Connecticut. I mean, they, they just come from everywhere. I drove down, you know, from Boston a few times in the past week. Uh, easy drive, two hours. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's almost like a, a statewide event where people just pour in from all corners of the state, not to mention the rest of New England. Uh, as you well know, AP, one thing... One of the beauties of New England is, uh, you know, we have six states and in, in, in not too big of a geographic area, so it's pretty easy. If you're in the Gulf and you live in New England, and that can be Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire as well, not to mention easily Rhode Island, uh, plus Connecticut and Massachusetts, it's real easy to get to. It just is. So, you know, it's, you know in New York State as well. Yes, plenty of parking and the weather usually cooperates and oh yeah and and you can walk around they they have good food and it just the atmosphere you know because it's one of the jewels of the state there's so much enthusiasm and it has that amphitheater in the final hole it's really great yes it's that final hole is just spectacular i mean the 18th green surrounded again by the natural amphitheater a horseshoe so to speak where you can just sit on the grass much like riviera country club out there in los angeles is just special it's a truly special setting and it'll never be more special than last year's uh game winning shot tournament winning shot by jordan spieth out of the sand he talked at length about that. I talked about it in the first segment of the rake throw, the club toss, all of it uh, that occurred with him and his caddy, Michael, and uh, just great stuff. So that shot will live forever in, in all of golf, but certainly in uh, travelers and Connecticut history, no doubt about it. 
Yeah, there's been some memorable finishes, but that one is right at the top of the list, I believe. Oh, absolutely. It, it just it can't get much better than that. The only thing that could possibly have been better if it was a walk-off, it was not. Uh, and by that, I mean it was sudden death against uh, Daniel Berger. And he, uh, so he still had to putt after that shot. And I always remember the class with which he handled it uh, in the wake of that shot with everybody basically just going crazy. There is no other way to say it. It was almost, re- it was almost reminiscent, AP, of when Justin Leonard you know, won the, won, the, won the Ryder Cup at Brookline in 1999 nearby at the country club here in Brookline, 20 minutes from where I'm standing. And, uh, you know, you, you may remember a lot of people complain, specifically Europeans, about the celebration making it impossible for Jose Maria Olathable to putt. And I was thinking of that last year when Daniel Berger had to putt after at a uh, Spieth's shot. But anyway, that's why we love golf, right, AP? It's, there's nothing like covering golf. You know, you're, you're, you're outdoors. You're in a beautiful place, typically with beautiful weather, getting exercise, walking around the course. Uh, to me, it's as good as it gets covering sports, period. And it was true again this past week for me. Uh, at Travelers in Connecticut. Yeah, I love being out there, John, to walking around the course, following the players, the atmosphere. You, you can see the, uh, the drama unfolding right in front of you. And, yep. Uh, you, could, you could see their emotions and hear the crowd and reactions. Yeah, the golf is a, a, a fun sport to cover. It really is. It's just terrific. Uh, well, AP, hard to believe we've... Uh, uh, spent the entire second segment, not hard to believe, easy to believe, uh, here on golf. I spent most of the first segment on it, too. Uh, that's how enjoyable it is to cover uh, the Travelers Championship. Uh, but why don't we take our break? We still have a lot of things to get to, and we will do that on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand, all from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
888-484-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Where's America listening? Welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we uh, talked golf and the Travelers Championship in the previous segment, but time now to switch sports to our favorite sport that we discuss often, of course, that's football, given your coverage of uh, University of Alabama. And uh, so what's happening with you down south in the football world, AP? Well, John, I had the uh, privilege of attending the Manning Passing Academy for the second time. I was there three years ago, a couple of days after Kenny Stable had passed. And but I was at the Manning Passing Academy on the campus of Nichols State University in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Uh, I arrived there on Thursday, and then they had the events on Friday and Saturday. So I got a chance to interview some of the uh, top college quarterbacks in the nation. I was there to speak to Jalen Hurts, the Alabama quarterback, one of the Alabama quarterbacks, but he was not available to the media. That was a decision by the university. There was 39 quarterbacks, and he was the only one that was not available. Ironically. Really? But wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. And, and, and they had, that, that's pretty interesting. And they had, like, limited availability, right? Like a 15-minute window or something like that? or. Right, right. So you had to walk back all the walk by all these quarterbacks because of that short amount of time. Let's say twenty minutes. Yeah, I say. So I um, I chose to speak with Jarrett Stidham, the Auburn University quarterback, and Jarrett's going to have another good season, I believe. He's oh, yeah. he got the size and the accuracy and the enough athletic <clears throat> ability to escape the pass rush at times, and so he's going to receive more autonomy. So because he's in the system for the second year from the offense coordinator, Chip Lindsey, and uh, head coach Gus Malzahn. So yeah, we had a nice conversation. And uh, his counterpart in the opening game is Jake Browning, University of Washington. So I spoke to Jake about competing against another SEC-type team and you know, defensively. So that's a big challenge. We're coming all the way from Seattle to Atlanta, Georgia, in a neutral site game, the uh, Chick-fil-A kickoff classic. So that'll that's be one Washington of the day. Washington and Auburn. Washington, Washington and Auburn. Open, oh, that'd be great. Open the season. Yeah, that's that's one of the top games of the day because that's the type of matchup that swings the pendulum, John. 
Correct. The Southeastern Conference of the West Coast. I mean, if they if they happen to beat Auburn and Auburn uh, maybe let's say wins the SEC and Washington does well, I mean that puts them in the playoff automatically. There'd be no question, I would say. Um, oh, absolutely. So really, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's real important because Chris Peterson is trying to take that program to the next level. Right, and who doesn't love like just these great intersectional matchups that you know we don't always get to see very often. So when they come along, you know, that's a good one. You know, it just got my attention and I'm sure it'll get plenty of other people's attention as well. Uh, I like it. You know, the, we talked about this recently, university of Washington, the Husky star has, is on the rise with making the college football playoff, playing Penn state in the Fiesta bowl on and on. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're part of the, you know, they're part of the elite now. They're they're play, playing in big games at the end of every year, it seems. And uh, and Chris Peterson's a big reason the coach, but so is Jake Browning. He's a uh, a terrific player, to say the least. Yeah, he is, John. And I do I do not think, John, that Auburn has ever competed against Washington. I right. Have to that's... Check that, but I I don't think that's ever happened. I know Alabama has played him in the past. Uh few times going back to the first Rose Bowl actually at Alabama was nineteen twenty six, so but I'm not sure that Auburn has ever played Washington. So that's always nice to see two teams. Oh, it's great. I don't met on the field. I don't ever remember them meeting either. That's why the minute you said it, I didn't know it was scheduled. And you know, it it instantly again uh is appealing. Um, hey, so let me ask you. So let's talk a little bit more about the Manning camp. This is something they've had every year for many years. It's, uh, you know, uh, the camp of camps, I think, you know, yeah. Yeah. 23 years, John. Wow. 23 years. That's impressive. Um, so how, how is it, you know, conducted? How long does it last? How, how's it like, uh, unfold? You, John, they check in the campers, 1100 campers plus, Wow, forty-six states, forty-six states, about a hundred and thirty coaches. They check in on Thursday afternoon about one o'clock. They have some free time. They have a meeting. Then things get rocking and rolling on Friday, and I was able to catch to catch the college counselors being instructed by Peyton and Eli and a, f- a few other coaches, which is really interesting. I think there around four groups at Gidry Stadium on Manning Field. They named it after the Manning family at Nichols State at Gidry Stadium. And so that, I think, was about four groups going through different drills. And I enjoyed it because what they did, uh, one particular uh, drill was they simulated the center snap. The quarterback dropped back, dropped back, and he faked the handoff fake the handoff and then he had to move to his left or his right and then throw it to either the center or sometimes it was the corner of the end zone. So you got to see their footwork, their arm strength, their arm accuracy and you know, their ability to move around and make make the throw on the run. So that was one one uh drill that I enjoyed. So and you get to see him up close and personal in the shorts and T shirts. Uh, some quarterbacks are extremely impressive physically. I mean, a couple of quarterbacks were six eight, six nine. University wow. of Buffalo quarterback Tyree Jackson and the Arkansas quarterback Cole Kelly, both were six eight, six nine, respectively. So, and they had both had big arms, of course. Uh, could throw it a country mile, but I, I I enjoyed that. Then on Saturday, John, they wrap up 
the camp uh, for that evening by having the college counselors with the quarterback challenge. And the initial drills that they ran at the beginning was about four or five throws they all had to make, and that was just to warm up. But the competition itself was to have a go kart, uh, a golf cart coming across the field 10 yards away, and I think the next one was 20 yards away, and then the golf cart was going shrieking down the sideline. So only one quarterback, John, out of the 39 or so that participated was able to hit all three targets, so that was the winner. That was Alex Hornerbrook from Wisconsin. The lefty. And he's a... And he's a lefty, right? And Cooper Manning was the MC for that that evening. He was really funny. With every time, every each quarterback uh, 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 was going to make that throw, he'd say, give a comment, and he said, "We brought in three left-handed footballs for you from Wisconsin." <laughs> so, <laughs> and so, Cooper so, Manning yeah, is Cooper, funny, by the way. Yeah, he, he he's does really witty. Oh, he does some TV segments and everything. Um, I forget which network, but yeah, I mean, he he's funny enough to be on TV for his humor. Put it that way. Yes, um, he is. He is. And, and uh, at, matter of fact, at the end of that evening, they had the, uh, I think it was the ALS challenge that was put forth by the Nichols State quarterback. You'll remember this name, John, in Louisiana history, Chase Forcade. Oh, yeah. Forcade, last name of Forcade. So that's John Forcade. It is his uncle played at Ole Miss. But Chase is the quarterback at Nichols State out that campus. So, when he was talking on the microphone at midfield and all the other quarterbacks were around him and the counselors and Archie and Eli, uh, two of the quarterbacks, they picked up the Gatorade and they drenched uh, Cooper with the ice-cold water. So that was a moment for all the folks. And they, they charged for that event, John, uh, to watch the quarterback challenge. For fans to come in and watch. For fans to come in and watch. They sure do. But a couple of them that stood out to me, just watching the drills was – of course, the Missouri quarterback, Drew Locke, would be one of the yep. top quarterbacks in the country. Uh, matter of fact, I'm interested to see him because they visited Alabama this year. I think it's mid-October. Like, it'll be fun to watch that game. Uh, then the quarterback from Duke, uh, I was impressed by him. He was uh, he was pretty good. He's tall, about six foot five or six foot six. Daniel Jones, uh, you know, Jared Stedham he has a nice release. Uh, there was quite a, you know, quite a, there was 10 SEC quarterbacks, John. Wow. Ten schools and the SEC were representative, yeah. Uh, the other schools that weren't out there, I think it was Texas A&M, LSU, Florida, and maybe, well, the Mississippi State quarterback, he wasn't able to uh, participate in that event, but all the other schools are represented, 10 schools. Not surprising, given its location and, and history and all that. Uh Obviously, Archie Payton and Eli all played in the SEC. Uh, quick question: Did Trace McSorley from Penn State make it down? Yes, he sure he sure was. Oh, he was. Oh, I'm he, glad I asked. Yeah, yeah, he was there, John. He's not big physically. I mean, he didn't seem to be that uh, the type of quarterback that uh, that scares you with his with his physical presence. But he's a good quarterback, good passer. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad he went. He certainly uh, has had a career that deserves for him to be there and good uh, he, he belongs at something like that i think and uh good i'm glad i asked i'm glad to hear he was there and hey my last question ap before we go to break uh is it just college pl- quarterbacks or is it high school 
the college quarterbacks are the only ones that are uh, the counselors. Like I said, they have 1,100 campers, and wow. they're, they're uh, wide receivers, quarterbacks, uh, probably some tight ends, running backs, so on in there as well. And then I did want to mention that uh, uh, Metcalf, the wide receiver from Ole Miss, he was, uh, he was there as well, and he is so impressive. Man, he's big, John. He can catch the football, and he's going to give people a rough time, and that's not even – Connie, the other Ole Miss uh, wide receiver who's really talented himself. But that DK Metcalf, he, uh, I think he was injured part of the year last year. But, man, I really enjoyed watching him catch the football. Wow. Okay. There's a name to watch for, AP. So we'll be doing that uh, in, in the coming season. Well, thank you. That's a great report. That's fascinating. Uh, you know, and certainly we're familiar with it. As you said, 23 years. I'm glad you were able to cover it. That's awesome. Um, But why don't we go to our break now and still a few more things to get to on the other side. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before A.P. and I get back underway, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's NBA awards on TNT at 9 p.m., Of course, we're always anxious to see who the MVP is going to be. Likely, it will be James Harden, many other awards as well. Uh, So it'll be fun to watch. I mean, the NBA, it's like the season hasn't even ended, AP. It's like, you know, they've just rolled right into, you know, what, you know, the summer of LeBron. And if it's the summer of LeBron, this is the week of the summer. This is it. Like, (laughs) July 1st is the day. That is hard to believe this coming Sunday. And so many people believe, so he has to make a decision, I believe, to opt in 
or not with the Cavaliers, obviously by midnight Saturday, I'm guessing. Um, it's fascinating. I mean, it's like he holds the immediate future of the NBA in his hands, the balance of power, all that kind of stuff. Uh, there seems to be, you know, some thinking now that, you know, the pendulum is kind of swinging back towards Cleveland and him staying, which, which I could see. Uh, it's going to be great drama building with each day. I guess it did come out this morning where LeBron said he has zero interest in quote fanfare or elaborate presentations from other NBA teams, whatever. I don't think he's going to be renting a house in the Hamptons like Kevin Durant did two years ago. Um, or, and certainly he's not going to be a repeat of the decision. Um, the famous decision, of course, when he went to the Miami heat. So we'll see how it all unfolds. You mix in the the Kawhi Leonard situation, and boy, a lot of drama. It's going to be it's it's you know there's no other athlete in sports. I don't think would you know this side of Tom Brady or you know in the, coming up Bryce Harper that that is going to you know basically command all the attention he's about to get this week. Yes, and the, and the nature of basketball, one player can make. Such right, a huge difference. And uh, John, last week was the NBA draft, and it so happened that Colin Sexton, the freshman guard from Alabama, was selected eighth overall by the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's right. I was thinking and, of you. It were Alabama. I noticed that. Yeah, uh, Colin becomes the third player from Alabama to be taken in the top ten, and he actually became the highest drafted guards are passing Enos Watley, who was taken 13th by the Kansas City Kings, traded immediately to Chicago Bulls in 1983. So that was a milestone for the program. And I know he's excited to be going to Cleveland, and I'm sure he's hoping LeBron remains uh, in Ohio. And he's the guy, AP, that like put out a video or whatever, or after the draft, he Talked about, you know, kind of like had a personal message to LeBron to stick around and play with him, right? I, I, yes, yes, he did. Yeah, it so was pretty he, clever. Yeah, yeah Colin's a, a charismatic figure. He's energetic. He he plays hard all the time. I think that he, you know, has to develop an, his outside shot a little bit with more, a little bit more proficiency. And uh, I think that playing the point guard position in the NBA, you know, you're you have to make everyone better, you, uh, and I, I think he can. Uh, but Alabama is asked to score quite a bit, so that's a different role. But uh, he's very athletic. He's got, I think, a six foot seven wingspan. But he, I think, he only measured like a little bit over six foot one. But he's very athletic and fast, and and plays a lot of speed. Well, that's pretty wild, AP. When you think about it, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's many things that. LeBron will consider when he makes this decision. But I don't think there's any doubt that one of those things is going to be Colin, right? I mean, that's going to be a factor. Like, how good does LeBron think this kid is? Can he make an immediate impact? Does LeBron view him as someone, you know, just an immediate star potentially who LeBron brings in one other big, big time player? whoever it may be, Kawhi Leonard, just as, for instance, whatever. You know, LeBron believes, you know, he brings in one big-time player as a free agent, one of his buddies. You mix in this kid, Colin, and suddenly you have, you know, 
uh, a big three of sorts. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty cool that you know suddenly uh, he he's Colin is the chosen one that is going to factor in <laughs> to some degree into LeBron's decision. I'm guessing. Yeah, it's it's quite a thrill for him to be selected by Cleveland and right. uh, have the possibility of playing with one of the all-time greats. And right now, you know, maybe the top player in the world. So uh, LeBron, uh, you know, for me, John, I think it's Cleveland or Los Angeles. That's what I believe. I agree. I agree. LeBron owns two houses in Los Angeles. That's a good place to start. He has many interests out there, shall we say, entertainment, whatnot media, on and on and on. So, yeah, that, that to me is, is the big question. By the way, I'm, I have, as always, ESPN on the background. They just did uh, Saquon Barkley is in the uh, ESPN body issue coming up. Uh, <laughs> he has the all-time six-pack abs like ever, the side of Arnold Schwarzenegger 30 years ago. But anyway, <laughs> so they have a headline. Saquon Barkley will be the best running back in Giants history. Uh, I'd sign up for that, AP. I'm a believer. As well you know, it's going to be fascinating. I can't wait to watch him. I really can't. Yeah, he's got a chance to do some very good things there. And uh, I didn't get a chance to talk to Eli about that situation, but I know he's going to welcome having a top uh, running back on the team, you know, relieve some of the pressure for him. Yeah, a running back who, certainly in college, was also a tremendous receiver and just as good a blocker. So uh, he brings a lot to the table. I said it as recently as last week and a few times on this show. I have no doubts he is going to make, at minimum, an impact equal to Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley, the two-star running backs who have burst onto the NFL scene in the rookie seasons. I totally expect that from Barkley as well. Can't wait to find out. The, the, you know, that for me is the number one storyline of the year coming up, AP. So we shall see. Uh, also, uh, before I forget, I saw a note this morning where Steve Spurrier has basically extended an open invitation. Uh, he said he's holding his number 15 wide open to join him. He's, Spurrier is the coach of the Orlando fri- franchise and the new an upcoming American Alliance for football debuting the week after the Super Bowl, I believe. It's, it's already got a TV contract with CBS Sports Network, so I'd love it. Spurrier and Tebow, wouldn't that be great to see? Yeah, that'd be something that would. I don't know if he has any interest, but that was a nice gesture by the former Florida coach. It is. I, I, I love it. Uh, Spurrier, uh, how old is he now, AP? 73. I love it. I'm glad to see him back in the game. And I got to ask AP just to close the show. Who's lived a, Who's had a better life than Steve Spurrier, right? I'm telling you, Heisman Trophy winner, won a national championship <laughs> at his alma mater. That's, that's, that's pretty good to play professional football. That's pretty nice. It, it's just wonderful. It really is. I, I just, uh, I'm glad to see him still around, shall we say. I'm glad he didn't leave South Carolina and, uh, you know, walk off into the sunset. He's still relevant. And uh, the the football world and sports in general is better off for it. So, AP, hard to believe. We're at the end of, uh, end of the show. They always go very, very quickly. 
But thank you all for all your comments, especially your great report on the, covering the Manning Passing Academy last week down in Louisiana. Oh, well, thank you, John. It's always a pleasure to be on with you, and I look forward to the next time. As do IAP, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.